Hello and welcome to episode 10 of this AFL Life. I'm Alison Smirnoff and I'm joined once again by Julia Kiera. Welcome, Julia. Hi, Al. <gasps> okay, it's sorry. Okay. It's, okay. Yeah. it's okay. Now, we've got another special guest host today. <laughs> it is none other than Western Bulldog superstar, Meg oh. McDonald. <laughs> People who say Western Bulldog superstar, pause, pause the podcast, <laughs> have a guess. I would be stoked if I was in the top 15 guesses. <laughs> and only because I've been on here before, so there'd be a clue. Fans of the podcast know, what, know a lot about you, Meg. But um, for those listening, this has come to pass because I arrived and um, we record this um, Upstairs in the Darabin Falcons change room. Training is happening outside. Meg was loitering. We mm. said, Meg, you got nothing on anymore. Do you want to come up for two hours? And she's like, yeah. Absolutely zero on. <laughs> As I said, I've had a day off today. So I wrote some emails, did my player development feedback for the club. I am. Washed my sheets, <laughs> put them in the dryer and defrosted some chicken. And now I'm here. Wow. All right. So that life... Diversification is going, going really well. Mm-hmm. This is what's wrong. You say you're going to do one thing just to try and put yourself out there and then your mate holds you to it. <laughs> so this in a day. <laughs> Actually, I spoke, I spoke to a potential employer. So, you know, diversifying. But anyway. Good. Cool. Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> well, this brings us to um, a topic I was going to talk about later in the intense come down that I, I guess – 170 AFLW players are going through this week. Mm. I believe Sam Lane wrote about it during the week. And uh, you really just described it in all its sad detail. Defrosting (laughs) chicken and doing your washing and a few emails. (laughs) (laughs) And then turns up to training because she's having withdrawal symptoms. And you can't recognise anyone out there. Hey, I definitely got a few hugs in there. Yeah. Mm. I actually did. I looked up the Facebook group page and tried to learn some names before <laughs> getting out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's no. a beautiful thing. How it's many people are here? Yeah, no, it's great. So, are you actually are you surprised? You haven't been here, you know, all preseason. Are you are you surprised about the numbers on the track and all the new faces? I don't know if surprise is the word because it's been such an enormous hit and so exciting for female sport and everything that you guys discuss every week. Um, but I'm surprised that they're committed enough to come with the weather being the way it is today. So that's the real deal. Mm. They're starting their football journey. It's rain, hail or shine. I know. So I was already all about it being a summer sport. Got in the car <laughs> to come down and thought, yep, back to VFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we have been doing for the last uh, seven weeks or so, we'll, uh, we'll have a look at some of the games. Mm. Go back to Saturday afternoon, Melbourne v Fremantle. And I have to say, Melbourne were incredible. They finally strung that four-quarter effort together. Yeah. Kicked a record score and won by a record margin. Yeah. So, looking back on this game now, now that we know the rest of the events, mm. it seems it's this bittersweet day. Um, and, you know, you look at all the interviews after the game and the, all the girls are so up and about because for a moment they're in the grand final and then, of course, Sunday happens and they're not. So, forgetting that, it was. It was what we've been waiting for all year with Melbourne for them to do their four-quarter efforts um, they just kind of demolished Frio. I think they had a hundred more disposals. Mm. Frio were without Cara Donnellan, 
um, who was injured the week before, I think, in the last quarter. And that really hurt them because she's their kind of linchpin in a lot of ways. She gets a lot of, dis- you know, disposes, but also brings other people into the game. So it was a bad week for them not to have her. But um, Melbourne were very impressive. Very impressive. Plus to see them do that when you do have a potential grand final on the line, I think that sort of pressure can get to, could certainly get to a team and they just... They just dominated. We only saw the first little bit because we then had to go and play. But um, it was – they were on. They were certainly on. Mm. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough to be in the rooms after the game and, they, yeah, they definitely were up and about. Like, mm. like you said, you know, they had everything to play for and they absolutely delivered. So I think, <laughs> I think Brisbane would actually be breathing a sigh of relief that they didn't get through. Yeah, well, well they look pretty ominous. Adelaide looked pretty impressive as well. So I don't know mm. if Brisbane are completely relieved about their opposition. But yeah, I guess Melbourne have been threatening all year to do that. But having said that, look, well, I'm skipping ahead. But I was going to say, I do feel like the two overall best teams f- have made it. Yes, well, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> don't skip ahead on okay, the run sorry, sheet. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but look, it, it was nice to see um, just... So many goals getting scored, and I think you know after we had we had a few rounds earlier on where the scores were quite low, and a few of the naysayers were coming out and having a bit of uh, whinge about that, and and we had this weekend starting with that game where it was free flowing, the goals were coming from everywhere. I think up until the fourth quarter, it was like ten straight goals. Oh, when have you ever seen that in men's footy? Yeah. Ten straight goals, never. Um, so we're yet to see it at the Western Bulldogs. So <laughs> it's very impressive. <laughs> Yeah, but they just look, they were just dominant from start to, f- well, not quite start to finish. I think Antonio gets the first goal, maybe? Second. Second, mm. okay. Um, but yeah, after the, after that, they just steamrolled them. Yeah, I um, have to admit, when I was looking at the scoreboard and they'd kicked 10 straight in the last quarter, I was thinking, gee, they would have liked this scoreline compared to the 1 9 they kicked <laughs> against GWS. Yeah. But um, yeah, bad kicking's bad football. Um, but Okie dokie then. Oh, sorry, Meg. No, fair comment, fair <laughs> comment. <laughs> um, but look, Junior Lisa Day pipped. Can play football. She can play football, but she pipped uh, her fellow midfielders at the post. She was the highest disposal getter with 25 disposals on five tackles. Daisy was next with 22 and Lily Mithin on 21. There was one moment on the wing, I think, where Daisy looks like she's going to get tackled and done. And she evades like four or five footballers. Frio, Frio players and gets her hands out and gets this beautiful hand pass out. And I was watching that and I just thought, you know, at the beginning of the season, I had lots of men that I know coming up to me, you know, family, friends or whatever, saying, look, is that Daisy Pierce really all that? <laughs> and I, you know, what are you supposed to say to that? Like, shut up. Um, <laughs> but yes. That's <laughs> no, I did say yes, but it's like, you know, just she's a, she's a human person also. Um, is she? Yeah. <laughs> so they're from the country. These country people are different. Um, <laughs> no, as in superior. All oh, right. As <laughs> what did you think I meant? <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, oh. Sorry. Anyway, and I just would like to just have that as a little gif. Do we, do we call it a gif? Yeah. And um, just have that on my phone if anyone ever asks me that question ever again. Mm. And say, yeah, no, she is all that. Yeah. She's all that. Freddie Prince Jr. Mm. Well... I had a chat to Daisy after the game in the rooms and um, I did actually at one point ask her about, you know, taking the, the team aspect aside, you know, what 
what did she get out of her first season as an AFL footballer? And again, she was just focusing on how she can be a better footballer. Um, have a listen. I'm in the Melbourne rooms with skipper Daisy Pearce. How was that? You got off to a great start. Was that a focus during the week? It certainly was a focus. I mean, our, our starts, it's been no secret that we haven't started very well all year. So um, it was a big focus during the week. Everything that we did, whether it was putting your boots on, um, coming into the club, a meeting, anything you did, you had to do it with intent from the very beginning. And uh, thankfully, and credit to the girls, it translated to our first quarter today. I think we kicked five goals in the first quarter. It's probably the biggest first quarter for the year for any side. So... It's pretty good for a team that could only manage one goal in our first practice match, so a good sign of how far we've come. Now, can you talk to us a little bit about Alicia Newman, just about her um, development and progress? She seemed to kind of, it fell into place for her a little bit last week and she's kind of continued on with it this week. Yeah, she's uh, electrifying when she gets the footy leash, great league speed, good user of the ball, knows where the goals are, but the trouble for her has just been finding the footy and, and knowing where to position herself and all those little subtleties of football, which, I mean, you can understand why she played her, her first game of football in that practice match I spoke about, given that we, we found her through a talent search and she was our last free agent, so she hadn't played any footy since primary school, so uh, it was always going to take her a little bit of time and just her persistence and, and like her w willingness to learn at training and, and Keep having a crack and turning up has been really impressive and great to see her get some reward today and last week, like you said. Now, I think, Melbourne, you've had all extremes of weather. <laughs> <laughs> how, how was it today? It was a hot one. Yeah, it was, but um, after last week, it was almost like, oh, pleasant <laughs> conditions for football. I honestly didn't think about it this week. Last week, I was consciously trying to block any thoughts of it out of my head, but this week, I actually didn't think about it. I think, based on, I don't think we'll ever play a, a more challenging game than, than last week, conditions-wise. So by the time we go to air, um, we'll know who's in the grand final. But tonight, after the game, what, how do you how do you prepare and recover tonight? Yeah, well, we're straight into the ice baths now. I'm getting as much fluid in as I can right this minute because I, at the moment we're in a grand final and Adelaide have to win past us. So um, let's hope <laughs> I'm right when, when we are on air. But um, uh, either way, I mean, I want to play in the grand final. I'm a competitive little dog. So, uh, unfortunately, we've left that in someone else's hands, our fate. But either way, I, I said to the girls just before we walked off that we can hold our heads up high and, and be really proud of how we've improved and what we've achieved this year as a team. And I, I feel like we've laid a really good foundation for how we go about our footy next year in the way that we've gone about it. Um, the style of play that we've built, I, I think, will we'll stand up as the, the whole competition improves and, and we'll only get better as well. I mean, we've been saying all year we wanted to play four quarters and, and didn't do that until today. So, um, yeah, cred, credit to us and the, the wonderful coaching staff we've got. The improvement in this group over the last seven weeks has been pretty impressive and I just am so hopeful that I get to do it one more time because I don't want that to be the last time that I pull on this jumper this year and get to run out there with this group because I, I can't even describe how enjoyable and satisfying it's been watching and being a part of the improvement and development. Just on a, on a personal level, so I know that you, you don't like to you know, individualise yourself in, in this game, but just for, you, for your own point of view... How does it feel? You're an AFL footballer and you've had your first season as an AFL footballer. How's that been for you? Yeah, I've, I've loved every minute. Like I, I've looked forward to this moment for a long time, but it's exceeded all my expectations in terms of um, how invested I would feel, uh, how much I, I love being an, an athlete. Like I've, I've pretty much been a full-time footballer for the last eight weeks and 
It is so much fun. <laughs> I don't want it to end. <laughs> Maybe I'll just keep pretending I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been so satisfying, like coming into an environment where, I, I mean, I've, I've been under no illusion. I'm someone that knows I can improve year on year, game on game, week on week, and I came into this program hungry to do it. But you've got the resources and the the technology around you to fast track that, and it's almost addictive. You just you're just turning up wanting to learn more. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much, Daze, and hopefully we get to talk to you again next week. Thanks, Al, and hi, JC. Well done on all your good work this year. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Daisy. What a shame that they, they didn't get through in the end. But mm-hmm. um, moving on to the next game, up in Canberra at Monica Oval, GWS took on the Western Bulldogs and the Doggies... Oh, yeah. Meg. <laughs> the doggies. Got home by 32 points. Oof. <laughs> 32? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, I didn't see the end of the game. I was cramping like I've never experienced in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> but no, it was good to be a part of. Um, it was a beautiful ground. Mm. Um, I have vague memories of it growing up as a North Melbourne supporter when North used to play there a lot. But sort of walking on, it was like carpet. And yeah. it, um, just a really nice ground. The support was really good. And... Just a great mood about, you know, ours was the only really dead rubber of the round. But I think people still want to put it all on the line for it being the last game of the inaugural season, the last time you're playing with exactly the same girls. And, you know, for a little bit of pride, the season hasn't gone the way we wanted it to. um, And we wanted to finish, to bookend the season, as a lot of people kept saying, and finish anywhere but eighth. (laughs) Yep. Was there a sense also that you you are trying to build something? Like there is going to be a huge break, but yeah, when you finish badly, that leaves kind of a sour taste and might affect the planning going forward. But if you finish positively, you might there might be I don't know that might affect what goes next. Yeah, exactly as you said, and that was a lot of our talk um, for the week, and in, especially in the pre-game, we spoke about how things hadn't gone to plan, <laughs> but that you know it was always going to be a really unpredictable season. We've had injuries, um, we've been close. We had a pretty good percentage of mm. a team that had only yeah. lost one one game, um, and there was still we were still yet to show what we could do, and we wanted to do that for this season, but for also going into the rest of the year and looking towards the beginning of of next year. Well, yeah, just exactly as you said, uh, was time to show what we could do as a team. But also, um, you know, we've gone straight into a sort of list management stage. So, Mm. um, individuals, we were, I think, trying to perform as individuals and then um, as a team as well. And we had a little bit of a scare in in halfway through the second quarter. It wasn't looking great, Mm. but we were able to arrest momentum within the quarter, which we hadn't done in previous games, and then go on with it in the second half. Yeah. but look, we saw Ali Blackburn show why, you know, she was picked as a marquee. She's been holding that captaincy role since round three. Um, yep, since since round three. Um, yep. Katie Brennan's been out injured. She got 27 disposals, five tackles. She kicked one goal, three. I think she would have liked that to perhaps be in the reverse. Mm. Um, and that Great goal, though, that one. That was, yes, that was a great goal. And I loved it. It was kind of, I felt it was kind of classic Ellie Blackburn in that she pings it from 50 and then they say, oh, you get a 50-metre penalty. Oh, no, but it's gone through. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Game over. When she was, apparently she didn't realise, she thought everyone was just getting around her for kicking a great goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not that the siren had gone. But, yeah. um, oh, she's been... She's been amazing. I didn't know her at all going into the season and I knew Katie as a leader and, and trusted her and to see Ellie step up and really embody 
perhaps much like you're saying Daisy does, and that's my other experience of a captain, and the way she plays will pull the team through, not all the way through to wins until until the weekend, but she, as I think Grovesy said in the post-match, she's a, she's a big game player and she knows when to turn it on and she can take things on her shoulders and, and really get us going as a team. So um, she's a, a fantastic footballer, yeah. Yeah, look, she had a great game and I reckon if she'd kicked three goals one, that would have, for me, would have possibly been the best, you know, player performance of the season. Mm. I was really impressed by it. Do you think she's possibly the only reliable goal kicker from that 50 range in the comp? In the comp? Goodness me. She can roost it. She certainly, yeah, she certainly can. I haven't thought she about it. She can roost it and I, I feel like it's almost her distance. Like when she gets a little bit closer, they can go a bit, they can drift to either side and yeah I guess we've seen it, even on the weekend you know players we know could kick 50 weren't getting onto it like perhaps Taylor Harris or a few, a few of those other players that you know can kick that far just you know when um, that impact doesn't happen whereas she always kind of makes a distance yeah Erin yeah. Phillips has kicked a few from oh the yeah oh, yeah that's true oh that, but just, that you know, talentless fool <laughs> <laughs> but just like on the run she yeah, on the run is amazing. She's amazing, mm. like post high. Yeah, and I'm when I've been usually playing a bit deeper than her, and I can see her running, and she crosses the fifty, and I'm thinking, it's going over. Don't your need head. about. Don't <laughs> worry about hitting me up anymore. You can just go for the big sticks. So that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Which she does gladly. So, yeah, <laughs> win win. <laughs> so from the GWS point of view, they they kick three two twenty. So you know, not, not as big a score that they would have liked. But I just felt like all year, even though they haven't got a lot of the ball, hadn't had a lot of shots, they've just made the most of it. They've never had big blowouts. They've never had one nine or anything like that. Like mm. they're yeah, they've their forward line has made the most of their opportunities. We saw Barclay again. I know you're not into her uh, grip on the ball. I just that, that want gridiron I, grip. Yeah. But it works for her. Yeah, no, I'm not against <laughs> I just think it's I think it's odd and I think it's odd that they haven't tried to coach it out of her, but maybe yeah. it's working for her, so they're well, keeping I, it. I may have done a level one coaching course recently Ooh. where they, you know, teach you about how to hold the ball and whatever. But they do say if a person can kick the ball properly and it spins properly, but they do it in a bonkers way, just don't correct them. It's only if they can't kick the ball that you fix their technique. So mm. she can kick it and she's kicked goals and she's provided a good target. I've enjoyed watching her this year. I felt like she's added quite a bit to their forward line. But she's worked really well with Phoebe, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. But we saw Jess Delpos again have a great game. Dally. She's Dally. had a great year. She's had a really, really yeah. good year. She got another eight tackles, yep. which is my favourite stat. She got seven in possession. Swanson. Not my favourite stat. Just going to interrupt. Because I thought I laid a few, especially a double tackle. Go one, then go the person that gets the ball. Meg Mack got zero tackle <laughs> stats. <laughs> oh, oh, really? I, I definitely tackled at least. I definitely got three. Well, you're going to have to so write, which a, means write a letter to... Champion data or something. That's right. So if I got three unnoticed ones and she got eight, she probably laid 24 tackles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Well, it would be interesting to find out how they do that. If it's just one watch, they do the stats from that one observation. Well, I know in men's footy, so at, um, at Etihad Stadium, the media box is quite small and the champion data guys used to sit in there as well. Mm-hmm. And there's like a team of them. There's probably about six of them or so. And there's, you know, so there's people typing in stats and then there's the watcher that speaks them out. Mm. So, well, I was 
part of a commentary call on Sunday. Yes. Clang! And, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and in the box next to us was Champion Data and there were only two people. Yeah, right. Well, so maybe they're missing some stats. Mm, maybe. Mm. They're missing a few. Cough mid-map. blocks. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like as a player, you have a love-hate relationship with them because... I'm sure if I was Emma Carney, I'd be all about the champion data. Oh, Just yeah. <laughs> get me the posies. <laughs> As me, missed three tackles on the weekend. The Probably the greatest thing I did all season was lay a block so Ellie could kick a goal. <laughs> Got zero block stats that game. Yeah. yeah. So uh, do they, I don't know if they even but get if they, blocks. They don't get – well, it's there. No, no, it's the 1%. But those are the things the coaches notice yeah. and, and your teammates true. notice and more importantly. True. And we notice because we talked about your block yeah, that's right. on the podcast. And surely podcast-worthy things are, is all... Are That's all right. And now after. I'm just sounding like a whingy player. So <laughs> <laughs> can edit all this out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I ended up talking about Jess Dalpos, one of my favourite people. So she had a great game and a great season. Yeah. And yes, she can fly back home and play for Darabin mm. right now. Anytime. Yes. But <laughs> I, I, I really want to see her get some votes at the Awards. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think she will make the All-Australian team. I hope oh, so. Yeah. yeah. And in a position. Yeah, not on the bench. Not no, the bench. she's on the ground f- for mine. Yeah. yeah, I hope so too. Mm. Yeah, her forward 50 entries are oh, superb. Mm. Amazing. That left foot, lethal. I look forward to seeing her slot up Darcy in a few months' time. Yep. And Meg, and Meg Mac. Mac. No, Thank they, you for that. They have a very – Meg McDonald and Jess Delpos have a very special working relationship. Oh, right. Yep. She did tell me that before the game that she would still kick it to me. Oh, really? Did she? No, <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> She's messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Nicola Barr, who has um, also got uh, writing star for that game, so well done to her. She was number one draft pick this year. Mm, um, she was. Yeah, so it was great to see her getting in and amongst it at the tail end of the season. Yes, and Deanna Berry was the other nomination for mm. this week, which takes Melbourne's Rising star tally to four. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, look, we knew they had a young list and that they'd gone with really premium Vic talent, Vic youth girls talent. So it's, yeah, it's not a surprise that they've they've got so many because they've picked really talented girls and they've done a lot with them as well. So great job, guys. The mm-hmm. future they've of got some great role models in that team as well. So Who? you can see. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be biased and yeah. <laughs> talk about the midfield again. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would assume that that's really helped their development, being able to look at those girls and um, emulate them in every way possible. Mm. From what I've gleaned from Melbourne is that Lily Mithen and Daisy Pierce are pretty much like inseparable. So if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna model yourself on someone, yeah. Lily's probably picked a, a good one. Yeah. I'd only seen her in photos until <laughs> until Daisy. <laughs> 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 we don't let you near her at the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lily Miffin, I'd only seen – and I thought, Stephen standing next to Daisy, she's not she's not very big. And I, I saw her again on the weekend and I thought, oh, wow, you're just a little jet, aren't you? Mm. Mm. Um, but, yes, there, there is a picture floating around the social the social medias of uh, Samantha Lane interviewing Lily Miffin and several people commented that Pat, she's the only footballer who's made Sam Lane look tall. Ah. <laughs> Indeed. So the third game of round seven ended up being the grand final decider. Mm. Adelaide stormed home to beat Collingwood by 24 points and yep. broke Melbourne hearts. Yep. Left, right and centre. I feel like I'm going to have to talk about this game because Alison's little heart's still a bit broken. It's still a bit raw. Yeah. You were going for a Melbourne team in the in – the 
GF? A Melbourne team that was called Melbourne. Oh. Mm. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you see her Melissa Hickey ba- badge on. <laughs> hey, Not now she tells it. me my badge is the only one she wears. <laughs> oh, no, Uh-oh. no. Oh, I'm getting oh, found she's out been here. caught. <laughs> That's all right. I have a rotating array of badges depending on who I'm hanging out with. Yeah. There's a word for that. Yeah. Um, so, that Collingwood Adelaide game, another roasting game at on Olympic Park, my least favourite venue. But um, it was very entertaining as a spectacle to decide who would get into the grand final. It was pretty great. Collingwood gave it a good crack mm. um, and they looked like they kept with Adelaide for the majority of the game and we saw lots of their stars really stand up. Jess Garner was doing great things. Jess Cameron was doing great things. But, well, you can't you can't keep a good team down. And Adelaide just stayed with them, stayed with them. Perko was catching anything within sight. And then the Erin Phillips show just... <laughs> just rolled on. Just rolled on. And, you know, she kicked three not straightforward goals. Three goals that just show how smart and natural and skillful a footballer she is and you just you just think you know this woman has spent the majority of her life playing a different sport and this is what she can do like Mm. it's absolutely outrageous we were at a team function on the sunday so we were all watching it together at uh, a a pub Mm-hmm. And you like to go to pubs now? I to, yeah, went to a pub. Yeah, yeah. Not serving Coopers pub. though, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're watching it, and I was actually standing next to our coach, Paul Groves, when she did one of the goals. I think it was in the last quarter where she sort of had the ball in her one in her left hand, and then stepped sort of inside the fifty, looked to give it off, and then just thought, oh well, I may as well kick the goal from forty-five. And he turns to me and he just goes, "She is a freak footballer." And I think there's been a little bit of sort of sentiment in Melbourne about almost like a jealousy and mm-hmm. envy that someone can walk in and just be that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't deny talent like that when you see it. No. And that's not to say that everyone who comes from another sport will be able to do that. I mean, she's grown up with football. Yeah. Um, but she's she's amazing. Yeah. And I think, you know, she hasn't just been lying around for the last 15 years. She's been playing an elite sport in an elite environment. So, she'd have all those good habits. And oh, also yeah. just the mental toughness, I think, that comes with being able to clinch games and keep your head when things are tight, you know. Basketball, that stupid little clock's going the whole game. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. It, that, that kind of thing, being able to work to that that kind of pressure, and she's brought that all across, so that she does keep her head when um, things like that are happening, and she can still execute the skills when the pressure's on. So she's been remarkable, one of the stories of the season. And the best thing is to imagine the sport in five years' time when a lot more girls are at her mm. level of athleticism. Yeah. That's what yeah. we were saying to each other, looking and thinking. In five years' time, every girl in the comp will have mm. that physique. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe that's not giving her enough credit. But <laughs> closer to that physique than yeah. um, we are presently. Yeah. And look, if if Aaron Phillips is one story of the season, the one of the others is oh, Sarah Perkins. Mm. She kicked four goals three. She handed off a couple of others. Look, I'm just going to say it, all right? She returned to Melbourne where there are four teams in this town and no one picked her. She comes back, she clunks everything, kicks goals, and she is playing in a grand final when there aren't there are only a couple of other Victorians that are. So, you know, it's a 
lovely revenge tale. <laughs> Maybe Perko wouldn't call it revenge, but she's been vindicated in lots of ways. You know, her story is pretty – what happened to her at the draft – you know, she's been invited. Pick 150 comes around. She still hasn't been picked. 150, Sarah, jolly. You know, mm. it was pretty rough. And she's just, yeah, she's proved all those selectors wrong. And I'm sure that there would be teams that might have wished they thought differently. Boom. Boom. Mm. <laughs> Who's to say she would have done that at a Melbourne club? You know, she she probably she's a, she's extremely talented, but I'm sure she was particularly motivated to have the season that she's had, being um uh, on the raw end of the draft. Yeah, and the, and and you're right. Like maybe there is an element of that in that she's missed out and then been given a lifeline, and that's motivated her in a certain way. But she is a very talented footballer. Oh last yes, year so she I was didn't in the take away from that at all. No, she's extremely good footballer. Yeah. Um, and last year she was in the VFL team of the year. Mm. Um, and I think pretty much every other person yeah. from that team and got picked up. So I think it's been mentioned a lot that she was third on the goal kicking tally behind Mo Hope and Katie Brennan. She Look. reminds me of the praise hands emoji. You know the hands <laughs> that are just <laughs> straight up. It's yeah. going to a pack and she just sticks them up like this. And yeah, she grabs them. She grabs them. Mm. Yeah. It was a goal assist even more than the fault. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was but an amazing it, yeah, game. It's but it's it's a work. Like mm. it's a work rate and it's a work at ground level and she lays tackles and she's, you know, and if she doesn't mark the ball, she splits the pack and brings the ball to ground. Mm. Yeah, and that's what you want your good. That's what you want your doing. forwards to do. Meg Mac did a lot of that at the weekend. Oh, please. <laughs> It's funny because didn't pick it up. No, that's not. not <laughs> it's funny because she. I'm, I'm looking at Perko play the game that she played and knows how to celebrate a goal. Can't deny that. And of, that's where you see her passion for Adelaide. You know, she mm. grabs her jumper and she. I think is really appreciative of the opportunity. And I sort of go, oh, that's a big celebration. I really need to get more of that in my game. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You know, she there's no thought in her head about where she got selected, how mm. she got to the spot that she's in. She's just going to be the the key forward. Yeah, and I like the celebrations because when you when you're on the field and the other team get a hard foot goal or even not even a hard foot goal, an easy goal, and then they celebrate, you feel crappy. You know, <laughs> you feel crappy, and it's I think it's it's an important part of momentum. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. It is. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah, it builds momentum and it kind of sucks momentum out of the other team. Speaking of momentum, I think Collingwood started the third quarter. They kicked a goal, went back to the centre, moved it out of the middle again. Jess Cameron lines up for goal and misses. And then Adelaide take it down the other end and Perko yeah. kicks a goal. And then from there, the momentum had swung and then Collingwood just could never get it back. Yeah, and it says something about it's when it's someone like Jess Cameron who misses. You so know, she's someone been who's so reliable yeah. in front of goal. Yeah, it is It is a bit of a mm, harsh one and it does swing things more than if it's someone who's, you know, not usually and it's such a seasoned goal kicker missing them. Yeah. And I think, yeah, a lot of Melbourne supporters' hearts got broken there. But that was the game. Like, it was an amazing game. And mm. to be so high scoring, that's what we were all looking at each other thinking, see, mm. we can kick goals. Yeah. yeah. But I think, um, you know, both Adelaide and Brisbane, which we're going to talk about in a sec, their defence probably have a bit to think about this week because they did le- bleed a lot of goals. Yeah. Yeah, so Adelaide kicked a huge score, but they let quite a few through as well. So I think they'll be needing to work on that going into a grand final. So the final game of the round, 
was at Icon Park, Carlton v Brisbane. Ended up being the second draw of the season. Um, again, Carlton were stormed home to to draw level, but couldn't just couldn't quite get their noses in front. But um, I, we've spoken a lot about Carlton and their ability to score goals quickly. You think if again, like the Western Bulldogs, if things had fallen their way in mm. terms of injuries and, and things like that this year, whether they would actually be featuring this weekend. Yeah, look, there was a lot to like about Carlton this year and you can tell by the Blues fans in the crowd that they played an exciting brand of footy. That first half though was pretty stodgy, <laughs> I was, I'm going to say. Like it was really, you know, it was all on kind of one half of the ground and both teams weren't quite getting anything going. And um, and even just, it was a really hot day and there were times where you'd look at on the ground and pretty much every single player was in the middle of the ground. There was no one in either forward 50. And so mm. when they finally would get a possession, you know, a clean possession... Everyone had to run back and it was so hot and humid. Yeah. And so these girls are running and it just, they didn't quite look as bouncy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was, that feel that it had was exacerbated how we'd just gone from straight from watching that game that we just spoke about Mm. being so high scoring. Mm. And then you're watching a quarter where I think there was one goal kicked in the first quarter. Yeah, Lauren Arnell kicked that kicked um, Carlton's only goal mm. in that first quarter from a set shot. So, uh, but then the game really broke open in the second half and that last quarter, that last quarter is bloody entertaining. Mm. And, you know, Darcy had been kept, was kept goalless all game, um, but she was kept quite quiet all day by Kasler, mm. Zena. Um, <laughs> what, what does the Zena sound? I'm so bad at voices. Um, <laughs> what is that thing she used to do? I don't know, but we're leaving it in. Oh, uh, no, come on. <laughs> Did she? A bit before my time, JC. Oh, she goes. <laughs> That's not true. I definitely was seen her as a kid, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. Um, oh, I played on Kasla the week before. Mm-hmm. And I remember every time I looked at her and I thought, oh, God, you're so fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she she was playing Darcy quite smartly. She was blocking her run. Mm. Um, wasn't you know, keeping Darcy in a, you know, in a position where she was uncomfortable. and But then in that last quarter, you know, she sets up two goals, Darcy. So she does a beautiful kind of swing around and spots up Hosking and then she marks that quick kick out from Loz and then gives it off to BJ who kicks a goal that ha- evens the score. So How long was that kick from Loz, I know? Oh, it was like two metres, but no. <laughs> ma- no, 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 no. Maybe it was, I know what you mean. Maybe it was six or seven metres, but to be honest, <laughs> uh, there were all lead, all all this season, I've seen some stupidly short kicks <laughs> being paid. That wasn't the only one. Am I the only person that's no, observed yeah, this? No, very short uh, kicks. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's a girl. It's a girl's 15 metres. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that, but I didn't know that you guys. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it was, it's girls 15. It's okay. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, maybe she's given that to BJ just because she feels a bit guilty about yeah, the fact yeah. that wasn't really a mark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so... And look, the other thing I have to mention is probably one of my favourite players all season to watch, and we interviewed her at the beginning of the season, is Katie Loins. Oh. Yes. Oh, Loinsy. Agreed. And she really hasn't got a lot of, you know, adulation beyond us. And I just felt like she has cracked in. What other adulation do you need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, she has cracked in all year. She's so hard at it. 
And she, like she never, you know, she's never getting 25 possessions, but she's always getting a few and that she always makes them count. And in that last quarter, she just bursts through the pack, picks it up cleanly and snaps a goal. And I was like, you're just a superstar. Please don't play for Diamond Creek this year. <laughs> <laughs> we, I was sitting at home yesterday and I and Darcy said, have you seen, have you seen Lindsay's goal? Mm. And I said, oh, no, I didn't see it. She goes, I watched it a few times. Here it is. <laughs> and then I watched it a few times because she's going. 100 miles an hour. 100 yeah. miles an hour, not towards goal, turns, kicks. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. And it is, we were actually commenting on how it is characteristic of the Diamond Creek girls to crack in. Mm. They're all yeah, they very all do. passionate yeah. footballers. Yeah. And just that, you know, you can tell she's played a lot of football because you know that when the game is um, there to be won and there are lots of contests and ball ups and whatever, sometimes you go back to just, okay, we're going to have four points around the stoppage and we're just, all, you know, but someone has to crack that pack, crash that pack. And she just does that. Yeah. And she gets rewarded for it. So that was beautiful. And yeah, Brisbane then found themselves in a draw. They can maintain their unbeaten status. They do. Maybe it's exactly, people are saying, oh, maybe they need a loss. Mm. I think a draw is ideal. It's ideal. And going by Emma Zilke's uh, post-match interview, she was absolutely filthy. Like She was not happy that they drew the game. Mm. She was like, no, nah, that's, that's not how we play. Yeah. yeah, we're not happy. Well, a 24-point lead at three-quarter time, is that what it was? No, it was 24 points with nine minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah, so th- did they just start thinking about next week? You do think that that's what's happened. And, yeah, they've kind of got away with that in a way, that that lapse in that they've – well, they were in the grand final anyway. But, yeah, I was very surprised to see Sabrina Frederick Torb take the field. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but she did quite well all game and – um. You know, took a mark and had a goal and got crashed by Taylor Harris at one point <laughs> when they were competing for a mark. Yeah, so that was surprising to me. But I guess, you know, we talked last year about not tampering with winning form. Mm. So, yeah. And I imagine she might have had a few things to say about her selection. Mm. I'm presuming. Yeah. I don't know her from Bar <laughs> <laughs> Play me. Yeah. I think that's what she said. Uh, getting back to Katie Lyons, I just wanted to add that she is a favourite of uh, of my mum. So oh, yeah. being one of Kath Smirnoff's favourites is high praise indeed, mm-hmm. Katie. Just saying. Yeah, well, she's had a great season and um, her <laughs> and... i got to get in with your mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Katie and Shay Audley to Diamond Creek players have just been a little duo all year and have yeah they've really taken their personal games up a notch so this bodes well and very interesting for the VFL season ahead and we just to speak about the dogs a little bit um we've got Kirsty Lamb, who plays for us, Lammy has exactly the same attack on the footy and then hits the scoreboard. She kicked two on the weekend mm. um, just by... I remember coming to contest the other to a contest the other side of her and she gets this look in her face, in her eyes, that's just, I will get the ball and it doesn't matter yeah. who else <laughs> is trying to get the ball because yeah. it's mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So seven rounds of AFLW football <sighs> are done. No. <laughs> It <laughs> sounded more like a sigh of relief. You've got to work on your time. <laughs> Saturday, March 25, Metricon Stadium, 1pm local time, 2pm Melbourne time. Brisbane Lions take on the Adelaide Crows for the inaugural AFLW Premiership. Mm. Aren't they playing the Gabba? Oh. <laughs> now, I just want to know, do we... <laughs> 
do we get to the game or do we <laughs> talk about the venue? <laughs> which which do we do first? We can talk about the venue briefly. Okay. Do you talk briefly <laughs> on any subject? <laughs> Wow, I did not bring my black kettle up here. (laughs) 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 For this. Continue. Um, um, (laughs) So, look, there's lots of articles that have already been written about this and I imagine by the time you edit this, Alison, (laughs) and it goes onto the interwebs, uh, there'll be plenty more and maybe by then we'll be back and we'll be playing the game in cans. Who the hell knows? (laughs) But I was pretty irate about what's happened, um, that it's not being played at the Gabba, that after, you know, those that are fans of the podcast will know that during the uh, season when I realised that the it was the um, team on top of the ladder who got to host the grand final and perhaps that, that meant that it wasn't going to be in Victoria, I was outraged and um, was doing my best Charlton Heston from a cold head to hand <laughs> type of outrage. <laughs> yeah. But then I got used to it and I quite liked it. I liked the idea that, you know, AFLW is different and it's not just, you know, um, a given that the game will be at the MCG and so on. Um, and that, yeah, you if you finish on top, you earn the right to host the grand final. So since I'd been convinced of that, I was pretty furious about what had happened. And we've seen lots of stuff come out about a cricket-leaning curator <laughs> <laughs> who has perhaps, you know, done something he shouldn't have in preparation for the Ashes, which are in 250 <coughs> days, mm. um, and so on. But w- the reason I think I'm really furious is because so so I used to be president of the Falcons and as a result I had to negotiate a lot of times with other stakeholders. So councils, leagues, maintenance, all this kind of stuff. And I just the people would never say it to your face, but you I came up against brick walls all the time in terms of this kind of stuff, in terms of facilities, in- infrastructure, resources. And I just always got the impression of, don't take it so seriously, love. It's just a girls game, right? Mm. And with AFLW and what we've seen all year and that first game and the lockout and everything, I had felt like some of that was getting washed away. And I f- just feel like this incident has brought a bit of that back. And so I'm I'm furious about it because I just feel like is there is that part of it? Is it oh well we'll get it ready for the next week. This week's just a girls' game and we'll and and I think what I mean by that is it, it's not enough for just the AFL behind, to be behind this league. It's everyone else who has to deal with them. You know the AFL doesn't run it on its own. They they deal mm. with lots of other organisations and you know the groundskeepers and the people running the bar and all that. You need all those people on board. You need all those people treating it like this is the real thing and not um not giving a substandard service. So that's who we need to convince next. Okay. I completely agree. From what I understand, the Gabba is the only cricket stadium in the country that doesn't have a drop-in wicket. So the ground curator is fanatical about his cricket wicket. He re-sewed, I think, three of the wickets after the Adele concert on the 5th. They haven't taken – they're using this unsafe for football excuse because it's shifting, which is, you know, fine. That is that is legitimate. But like you said, you you wonder if, if this was a, a crucial men's match, whether they would have just... Yeah, not just done ha- that. Yeah. <laughs> Either not done that or whether they just would have made it ready. But also I think to a certain degree, from what I've read, the Brisbane Lions have had a pretty tumultuous relationship with yeah. 
the staff at the Gabba, and I think they are in the process of looking for a new home. I think this is going to fast track it. And I think that's probably something you don't really see when you're just a football fan, that it's not – I think you kind of think, oh, the Brisbans are at the Gabba and that's all one, but yep. they're not. Like, they're no. separate entities and they've got to negotiate between themselves. And this, you know, palaver has brought all this to light, that there is a lot of internal politics yep. in these worlds and there's lots of people that have been in jobs for a really long time and stake their claim on things. And, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, of that. In, mm. in footy and I guess AFLW had, had um, you know, uh, there was a bit of fresh air about AFLW but this is a reminder that no, it's still, there's lots of it still there. Yeah. Oh, lots. Yeah. And there have been lots of reminders, I think, mm. along the way and you just gotta keep keep on keeping on. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, the third thing for me is that in, in this town, like footy rules mm. and it doesn't in Brisbane. In Queensland, yeah. it's not there. I think there was a there was a Queensland journalist. I read a tweet yesterday, and he just said, you know, AFL are second class citizens up here. Mm. It's just a different. It was interesting that they made the MCG available. That would have been yeah, that would have been great. It would have been awesome. Um, not that means Brisbane's decision, but yeah, yeah. But look, I can understand why they've said no to that. Oh, definitely. Um, but um, uh, going back to what you said about it being a signalised citizens, our co-host Asta, um, I was chatting to her before the. Brisbane Carlton game and she works at the AFL. If you ha- didn't know, oh, did she? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but sh- uh, she told me that Queensland has the fastest participation rates for football in both genders in that state. Mm. So it is coming on quickly, and she remarked that even though they haven't had many good news stories coming out of. Brisbane Lions and Gold Coast men's team, actually what's happening at grassroots level is really significant. So hopefully there is a new, you know, wave of uh, football fans and existing football fans in Queensland who'll make the trip to Gold Coast to watch what is sure to be a really exciting cracking game if the round five game is anything to go by. Yeah, and there's lots of expat uh, Victorians in uh, on the Gold Coast, so hopefully mm. they all go the footy. Yeah, but let's talk about the game. The actual game. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Meg? You've played both of these teams. Oh, did you? No, I've only oh, played shit. one of them, but thanks, JC. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that's okay. That's why Adelaide have made their final, because so, I didn't play them. That's true. That is, that is a fair call. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. I have played one of the teams, and on that we played – sorry, we played last week – uh, in in Brizzy, and the support there was really palpable for both teams, as it has been the whole season. But when we were sort of coming back, there was this really they they were not happy to be losing a game, mm. all their supporters, and it was re- they were really vocal, which was which was great. But then really even at the end of it as well, I think oh goodness me, I'm not the biggest footy brain around, but I think they've both, as you said, got amazing offense, um, and they. I mean, defensively, I play in the forward line. So when I played Brisbane's defence, they seemed incredibly organised and Mm. numerous. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I looked up, I thought, oh, I've definitely got three players here. (laughs) (laughs) So if Adelaide Stars can, can have big games, as they seemingly have under pressure, that will go a long way to seeing them win if, if Perko can mm. get the Dukes out and Erin Phillips can do what she apparently does quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be tough to beat, but, you know, they always say, did they play their grand final one week mm-hmm. too early? There was a lot of emotion in that game. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, get the same sort of emotion going for next week, which I'm sure is pretty easy to do when you're playing the first ever 
mm, yeah. AFLW grand final. Yeah. A couple of key matchups for mine. Mm. Kasler on Perkins. Yep. Can Randall repeat her effort on Harris? Oh, she can. She's just magic. And Erin uh, Phillips, you just kind of, you just, there's an element of you just let her go, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you put too much time in trying to stop her, then you're not getting the ball yourself. Yeah. And something that Brisbane have done really well all season is they've had an even spread of contributors. So I'd be looking for them to continue that. Yeah. I'm really like I can just I can see both teams winning like they're just both so convincing when they get it going and they just have so much firepower and class about them you know we haven't mentioned from that Carlton game but like Bates Silky McCarthy Virgo one of my favourites yep. like they they know what they're doing they got footy heads they take their chances um, and there's lots of them I mm. guess. Um, and, you know, teams that have struggled this year is, I think, when we've seen a, a bit of a too too far a distance between players that have that footy brain and game sense going and, and some maybe a handful that don't, whereas Brisbane and Adelaide don't really have that gap. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, now that we're kind of at the end of the season and we see which two teams have made the grand final, with the benefit of hindsight, I'm like, oh, we shouldn't have known all along. We should have known all along that these two teams would get there. And the reason I think that is, well, we've talked about this before. So Adelaide, you know, they've got nine players from Northern Territory and the rest are from South Australia. Yep. Plus they've got Chelsea Randall, Kelly Gibson, who are their marquees from Western Australia, two absolute A-graders. And they brought in Sarah Perkins from, you know, the third highest goal kicker in the VFL last year from Melbourne. So, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Darcy, you just, I just see you from TV. I don't know if I can ramble on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (coughs) We're just about to do Darcy versus the world. Darcy's Darcy's just walked in. Um, Guys. It's clear you've got nothing on either. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was feeling a little lost, so I just thought I'd, yeah, come down and, mm. yeah. People said there was a podcast going mm. up, ups- <laughs> going on upstairs, so, yeah. Um, what's, your, what's your theory, your grand final theory? Okay, get, sorry, getting back. That was very exciting. Um, <laughs> getting back to my why we should have known if we had the benefit of hindsight and we were maybe paid to research stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That Adelaide yeah, you didn't do that in the meantime. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, is so Adelaide have so the nine basic basically the nine best players out of the Northern Territory, two of the best Western Australians, Western Australians, the third best full forward from um, Victoria, and then however many is left, fifteen or so, um, of the best South Australian footballers. Yep. Okay, so in terms of their gap between. Top and bottom. There's not as much, Mm. okay? Um, And then we know already about, you know, because they had those two teams, um, you know, the Northern Territory girls and Adelaide girls, that they had to implement quite a simple game plan. And I felt that that, because it was relatively simple, it meant that the girls could grab, grab, grab hold of it pretty quickly. And so from the round one, they looked pretty cohesive and they've kept going with that. With the Brisbane team, so in May of last year, um, there was an exhibition game at the MCG. Yep. And uh, it was it was Brisbane, in inverted commas, so there were f- 
pretty much the Queensland state team and it was coached by Craig Starsevich and playing a, a Melbourne exhibition team. But that Melbourne team was really like a half-strength Victorian team. And Brisbane got got spanked that day. Yeah. But Craig Starsevich said at the time that it was a chance for him to see where his girls were compared to the elites in Victoria, right? Now, Craig Starsevich, he was the coach then. He's a high-performance manager in Queensland and he's the coach of the team now. He had a six-month head start on everyone else in working out where his girls were at and what they needed to do to get up to the standard to, to beat that Melbourne team, which then, you know, was never going to have that many stars in it anyway because they've all been distributed around. Mm. So considering those two things, I just feel like those teams have had a lot of tools available to them to be much more cohesive, to have a higher skill level because the gap between top and bottom hasn't been so big. And, yeah, we should have seen it from the beginning. That's my theory. Wow. That's a comprehensive theory. <laughs> I expect nothing less. Now, we don't tip, but I'm going to ask you, who are you tipping? I'm tipping Brisbane, mm. but I think I want Adelaide to win. Oh. Girl coach. <laughs> Girl power. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do really like Brisbane as a team. You know, it's one of those ones where I'm, I'll, be, I'll be happy either way, but I think... It's it's one of those games where you can kind of tell who you're going for in the first few minutes when someone gets a goal and you're either disappointed or sad and I think that's going to happen and if Adelaide get a goal, I'll be really excited. Mm. Yeah, anyway. Tipping Brisbane going for Adelaide. Yeah. Okay. Meg? Tipping Adelaide. No comment on who I'm going for. Yay, women's sport. <laughs> Dust. This is a real toughie. Um <laughs> What theories can I lay down? <laughs> I have no theories. Um, Brisbane. Mm. Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, well, well you're, you're fresh from playing Brisbane. Brisbane, so yeah. Um, I'm not at all fresh. Body <laughs> <laughs> feels like crap. <laughs> um, so maybe that. I came off sorest against Brisbane, but I felt more in the game against Brisbane. This is a really poor way to go about <laughs> it. <laughs> Purely how I was feeling. Um, I think I'm going to tip Adelaide. I think <laughs> I've been a shit tipper all year, though. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> I think it's going to be really close, and I think Brisbane just. And my theory is that Taylor Harris will have a better game than she did last time mm. against them. Yeah. Um. So that's grand final. I can't wait to dissect it next mm. week. On uh, Tuesday night, though, is the first ever awards, mm. and we talked about. It a little bit last week, but um, they'll be naming the AFL Women's Best and Fairest, plus the NAB AFL Women's Rising Star, Women's Leading Goal Kicker Award, which I believe is yours, Darcy Messio. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> it's the so award you everyone wants. <laughs> yes, so happy. <laughs> you can practice your acceptance speech now if you mm. want or... No, I think I'm just going to wing it. I think everything's <laughs> better when you sure just enough. wing it. <laughs> um, plus, they'll also name the Woolworths Mark of the Year. The Coats Hire, <laughs> the Woolworths Rewards Mark of the Year. Uh, the Coats Hire Goal of the Year and Virgin Australia AFL Women's All-Australian Team. A big night. Yeah. Big night. Okay, so <laughs> tip for, well, I don't want everyone to name their All-Australian Team, but who is going to win the Women's Best and Fairest? Meg. I think, obviously, rate Melbourne's players a lot. I think they'll split the votes too much. 
when everyone's getting 25 touches a week. So, Bree Davey or Aaron Phillips? Maybe Phillips because they've won more games. Das? Yeah, I agree about the uh, splitting the votes amongst the Melbourne players. It's very unfortunate. That's why I volunteer every um, game to get less disposals <laughs> to ensure that Bree can get the votes. So, <laughs> I've been um, really selfless in that area. Um <laughs> <laughs> wish I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm back in Brie in. I'd love to see her win it. I mm. think she's just a great person and a amazing athlete. So I'm just going to back her in. It's not best and fairest and nicest, Darcy. I know, but <laughs> she is actually the nicest as well. She doesn't look like she's the nicest on the field, but she's mm. a lovely human being. Go the Brie. JC? Well, Meg stole my answer. I thought it was, uh, yeah, Brie, how many games did Brie miss? Just the one? Yep. Yes, because she came back against the Western Bulldogs. Oh, right. Yeah, I think I think Erin Phillips, yeah, I I think she could win it. I think there's going to be a few E. Phillips or E. Marinoff <laughs> on the night. Yes. <laughs> um, but B. D. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the way things are. <laughs> I think the E. Blackburn, E. Carney split will damage them and also they didn't, haven't won enough games. Yeah. So, you know, in a losing team you might only have one vote getter at best. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I reckon Aaron Bill will reckon Aaron. But I am also a shit tipper. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a terrible tipper. I'm thinking Aaron Phillips just from Daisy and Bree. You're mm. gonna tie for second. All right. What about Rising Star? Meg. Meg's doesn't know. <laughs> Um, we should have the full list. I don't have the full list. I'm sorry. I was surprised that Deanna hadn't been nominated before the final round. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if that makes any difference, but uh, she can play footy. Yeah, that's they're all very impressive to someone like myself. I just think youth, getting it done, <laughs> big stage. That's great. Maybe I'll go with Bailey Hunt just for a yep. bit of Bulldogs love. Does. Not sure. I'm thinking Eb Marinara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Marinoff's going to take off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's <was> bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I am tired. <laughs> uh, I am going to go Lily Mithen. Yeah, Mithen. I'm going <laughs> you with Sabrina. <laughs> Frederick Trork. Oh, Sabti. Get out of town. This is really just a memory test. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Sabs. I don't think we're going to talk about the All-Australian team, otherwise we'll be here all night. Okay, good. Unless you have a burning theory about the All-Australian team. Schmoky. The My only thing I'd like to say about it is I hope to see defenders picked in defensive positions, not a team full of midfielders put around the ground. Yep. No, so I, I hope that happens. Yeah, I agree. But that's all we've got time for on this episode of This AFL Live. We might be a bit delayed next week because we won't be able to record on a Tuesday. Someone is off to the rewards. Rewards? <laughs> yes. What are you wearing? I don't know yet. I have to... Probably a suit, but I don't know. Bow tie? Oh, open collar? No, I will have a tie of some description, but I'm not sure if it's going to be a tie or a bow tie. When are we going shopping? But a bow tie... What about a bow tie that's open, like you just came from a party ah. and then you've unraveled it? <laughs> yeah, maybe... <laughs> <laughs> what about like an animal skin? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
don't reckon. I feel like you could take things to the next level. Mm. You just, just, just did it. Just go, just put myself out there. Not, yeah. a, not a Bjork swan dress. She's gone to skin. Like skin. You've, <laughs> you've, you've gone to the Northern Territory, killed a crocodile, skinned it. Skin. Yeah, yep. and you're wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> like full. <laughs> uh, but that's all we've got time for this week. Change Her Game is having a fundraising event. On the 8th of April, I'd like to announce that Meg McDonald will be our guest MC on the evening. So you want to make sure you get your tickets. So visit our Facebook page. Uh, There is a link to the event and you'll be able to find the ticket link in that event. But thank you again for listening. You can find us on social media at This AFL Life. And of course, please subscribe via iTunes. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.